0: we're back what's up jared good afternoon (laughs) good
1: afternoon to you too (laughs) man you're off to the races today zach how about you man how you doing today striking hot striking hot he's coming out fast yep came out a lot faster than some of those horses this weekend
0: i feel zach you're you're kind of crybaby pissy pants today it Uh, seems like you're in a piss poor mood
1: well Hold on. Take that fist off the side of your face so we can hear you enunciate. There we <laughs> go, pouty.
2: I actually am wearing right now a pad on my lower back because I pulled something and it hurts so bad that it, I feel like I'm going to throw up <laughs> and have since about 6 a.m.
1: this morning. Really? Yeah. Well, they uh, we're here at Fenton Barn Grill. In lovely Fenton, Missouri, I'm sure they have some uh, Jameson behind the bar. Well, that's probably necessary, (laughs) yeah. By the pint.
2: Yeah, I'm on steroids now. Uh, Something really angry in a little bit, and then uh, roid out. But uh, other, I'm in a
0: good mood. I, just, I could just tell you were a little off when you came in here. <laughs> yeah. Came a, in with that slow gait. Maybe tell Mandy to take it easy on you. <laughs> yeah. I wish that was the story. I know the kids were gone Saturday. The, yeah, the timing is weird here. No. Yeah, no I added no. it all up, too. I wasn't going to bring it up.
1: <laughs> well, gentlemen, we're back. We have a uh, another incredible guest today uh, that we're going to roll in here in just a couple of minutes. Um Quick recap, Um, last episode we had Mr. Josh Allen on, Companion Bakery. We totally threw a curveball out to the marketplace. Um, Qualifies exclusively as a soccer dad. He is that. Uh, Loves the game. Uh, But I just loved his overall, uh, his role, his successes with the bakery, his relationships with Steve, uh, Steve's Hot Dogs and Wally's and all this stuff. It it was just cool. It was was a nice... uh, little change of pace um we have uh, a number of guests coming up over the next two weeks that are going to get us way in the weeds of uh og soccer stories um so i'm really looking forward to that you guys have been great i mean the numbers are awesome at the end of the day you're listening we appreciate it uh shoot it to a friend you know if you've got that fellow Soccer parent, baseball parent, or whatever that needs a little bit of like, hey, you need to take a deep breath moment. Um, toss them our podcast because also, apparently,
2: real, real quick, JB, yep. I think I loved the Josh Allen conversation for a variety of reasons that go way beyond just soccer talk. But I also, and I know Jared, you did too, listened to Baked In with well, Josh I was Allen
0: go down this road like where, you're going.
2: Yeah, where he interviewed Maxine Clark who built Build a Bear on a kind of on a whim. But that story, which a lot of us think we know, is it's a phenomenal story about St. Louis, but also just kind of that entrepreneurial spirit that I loved about Josh and that conversation that went, you know, into the perseverance it takes to first of all be brave enough to start something on your own. Yeah. And then to carry it forward as long as both of them have. I just I, I highly recommend our episode with Josh and then key yeah. that right into Baked In with Josh Allen. Baked In
1: with Josh Allen.
0: With Josh Should I texted JB? I'm like, I think that podcast might be better than ours.
1: <laughs> well, well when, I mean, when you lead with a billionaire guest, yeah, <laughs> That's, and that kind of helps.
2: She's told that story before. You know, She's she's got that one down yeah. pretty well. And you've got a guy who's been on you know, a TED Talk Yeah, kicking it off. So, you know, Josh is, is a, great, he's who, got a great voice.
1: Who is Andy Cohen's cousin? That's, yeah, we didn't even talk about We didn't even bring it. that up. Nah. Who just got his Next time. star on the Walk of Fame over on Delmar? I never heard of him. <laughs> 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 no, he's not on the news network you watch. So. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, for, I, I, I mentioned a second ago we're, we're out here at Fenton Barn Grill. Thanks to Chuck Nash for uh, giving us the back table here. Plenty of space and cold middle of lights. Uh, if you haven't been here, come here. Uh, the chicken wings. Oh,
2: well, the trash wings yeah, exactly. are the best. Trash wings are the best. And, Chuck, if you can hear me, the chicken thighs. Yes. We need those thighs back. We need back. those back because uh, <laughs> those were phenomenal. Um, so, yeah, down here at uh, F-Bag. Yeah. You,
0: th- you think there would be more
2: soccer <clears throat> signage in this place? Oh, it's inside. It, there's all kinds of pictures <laughs> of Chuck in there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> With the short shorts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right.
1: Well, let's let's get it going. Let's bring our guest on because uh, our guest is uh, – I'm going to start at the end first, the finish line first. He is currently responsible for training and mentoring and guiding uh, a ton of our local soccer youth these days. And we have to get him out of here so he can do his job here in a little bit. So we're going to get this conversation going. Uh, we have – the Mister Dan Donigan from St. Louis Development Academy. How you doing, Dan?
3: I'm doing fantastic, fellas. I never thought I was going to get the call, but I appreciate it for <laughs> you guys having me on the show. Everybody's it's gotten the call,
1: but apparently our numbers are blocked in most marketplaces so I'm trying <laughs> yeah. to
3: pick the numbers back up is that <laughs> yeah, <one? laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah
1: we, we had to get <laughs> yeah. a burner cell phone and that's how most people answer us from now on
3: well and our numbers in jersey were a little low we needed a
1: yeah yeah a homer. Hints. Hints. i
3: gotta make <laughs> reference to the music in the background i was a great yeah, a little spring intro spring. for you, me you yeah. like that yeah, it makes me feel like my other home right yeah
1: hey i i'm that's that's my thing you know i want to make sure the walk-up music is appropriate and i'm like this guys from Jersey. I mean there's only one guy from Jersey that deserves or should sing that intro. It's the boss. <laughs>
0: That's did You right. know, my my first call cuz I called Dan early on. It was from prison and, and, um, and it took a while to circle back. And I was um, I, to, I was I was wrapped up. No, no. Kelly was very happy
1: that she was your second call that you were not allowed to make. So, well Dan, thanks for joining us, man. We really really appreciate it. Um you know, we, we uh, Jared, Jared really was the one, because early in the process, you, were, you asked us earlier about the, 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 the creation of the show, and it really was, we, it felt, we fell into it at the, at the end of the day. We just decided to take the conversations we have every day of the week and put it on the mic and bring people on that know more than us to tell us we're wrong. So you're one of those guests. <laughs> I don't
3: know about that, but I've enjoyed the show, so I'm, I'm just honored to be here, and I appreciate you guys having me on. I think I want to hit a road show with you guys for sure. Yeah. Ooh, oh, like we've yeah. got to be fun.
1: I think you need to take us up, up northeast, We man. can do we're, that. We're going to Jersey and get some of the OGs up there, right? Absolutely. Or maybe you can go to Dallas with us and get Hudson on.
3: I will be down there. Oh, that would be, be, down that'd be there. great. Yeah.
1: Well, you you know, thanks to Wikipedia and a lot of rumors, um, it's pretty easy to at least start the conversation, and then you can correct all the uh, the untrue <laughs> statements. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you you have uh, an illustrious career. Uh, you 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 again out of Trenton, I believe, correct? Correct. Right. Uh, played your high school ball. Played uh, collegiately, Division One. Uh, just just give our listeners, you know, that quick sixty second lay of the land. And let's walk through, you know, sure. where you come from and where you landed, and we'll we'll take it from there.
3: Sure. Yeah. I know there's a lot of talk about soccer capitals in the U.S., right? <laughs> <laughs> Especially the little one out west. Be apparently. careful. Oh, I know. I know. I'm not going down that road. But no, I grew up in a pretty pretty uh, influential soccer community in, in uh, New Jersey, and uh, grew up around the era with Johnny Harks and Tab Ramos, mm-hmm. told me all of those guys. So I played with and against them, and then had the great fortune to go to University of Connecticut. Um, for my collegiate career and then got drafted right out of college to the old St. Louis Storm. Um, so feel very uh, fortunate to have gotten that initial tie in my professional career to St. Louis, the city of St. Louis. And you know, I've been here for a long time since then. Um, bounced around a little bit as a player. And then once my playing days were kind of winding down, I... I just had a, a, a conversation with my former college coach, Joe Maroney, um, who, bless his soul, he's gone now. But um, Legend. Yeah, he's a legend, an absolute pioneer of the game, along with the Harry Keos of the world and Bob Gelkers. Um, but he just asked if I had an interest in coaching, and quite honestly, I always told my parents I would never – coach for Coach Maroney, because he was such a disciplinarian, military type guy, just really hard on me through my whole career, but he also helped make my career. So I went back and I started my collegiate coaching career at UConn, actually recruited a lot of kids out of St. Louis, the Kevin Kalish's, the Jeff D. Maria, Timmy Tadoni, Bobby Ryan was there actually, I, I kind of inherited him as a player. So UConn has always tapped into the St. Louis market because of just the, the incredible wealth of talent that, that is out here um, to this day. And then uh, bounced around when Joe Clark left St. Louis University, Bob Warman got the job there. And I didn't know Bob from anyone. And he called me and reached out because he knew I had St. Louis kids um, at the time at UConn. Yep. And he was very interested in bringing those kids back. Um, this was 1997. So I was able to bring some of those guys back, became a full-time assistant at SLU.
0: Home run.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. It just worked out really, really well. I feel incredibly lucky like how quickly my coaching career had taken off and to be able to be associated with the school I went to at UConn and then being able to come to the one that has the most national championships in Division One at SLU. Right. And in the city of St. Louis, which I fell in love with as soon as I moved here out of college. So, What was,
1: what was their name?
3: Uh, what was (laughs)
1: what? was her name?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm married. You've got to get me. (laughs) Oh, you meant,
1: oh yeah, no, no. You meant the soccer and the pro. Okay,
2: I got you. That's right. That's right. Emos. I got to watch you guys. Be careful here.
3: (laughs) This is going to be a tricky one. But no, so I I came out here and uh, I was here for four years as an assistant under Bob and then Bob left and I was kind of thrown into the fire right away. Let me ask you Um, this, the Bob
0: Warming, um, knowing him from afar, uh, playing against them, um, was he the nicest guy ever? Charming Bob, charming Warming. I mean, golly, he he came off like,
3: I mean, just, you know,
0: shaking hands, kissing babies. He should have gotten into politics.
3: That's what he does. That's what he does. And yeah, he is. Just to answer your question, quite simple. I mean, he was a great recruiter. He, you know, from me, he was a great mentor. He still is to this day. Um, You know, he, he was a a great role model for me as a a young coach trying to figure my way out or my way in and uh, gave me a lot of freedom. Let me feel like I had a lot to do and a big impact on the program, which not a lot of coaches really offer. Um, So coached with him for like four years and then he left and I got the head coaching job at a a pretty young age. I think I was 36 at the time, but I had tremendous players at my disposal (laughs) right here in the city. So those kids made my career. Um, you know the Brad Davises and the, you know Jackie Jewsberry I mean, mm-hmm. I could name fifty of them right off top. But, yeah, absolutely. But I was just very, very lucky with my timing, and uh, then I, then I bounced from there. I went back to uh, um, Rutgers uh, for about nine or ten years. Yeah. And you know, like in hindsight, it, it was a great opportunity for me. It was a, a chance to kind of go. Back to my other home in New Jersey, um, but now I'm back at St. Louis Development Academy, which was formerly Sporting St. Louis. Right. But the name change came because of the obvious. I wanted to be in a soccer capital of the world, right? In St. Louis. Yeah, have St. Yeah. Louis in our name. So re- we, we, redemption. We we, lost, we we left that affiliation because we have our own team now, right in our city. We want to support St. Louis City so we we changed our name for obvious reasons and we have about 100 teams boys and girls teams i'm the technical director of the club so i'm responsible for kind of like what happens in training what happens on the field the way we play whatever um so that's kind of my main job and i coach a few of the teams i I've, when i first came here my intention was not really to to coach the girls side of the club because all i've done was the boys side and the men's side of the game um, but i really enjoyed the last couple of years coaching within the girls academy which is a platform that we have at our club um, like the Gallagher's of the world and they have the ECNL and other platforms, right, that we right. all know or God knows which is the best. We, we have no clue. We're always trying to figure that out. Hmm. Um, but I've had some great times with that. And uh, now I've just recently taken over a 2008 boys team. Um, that competes in Clubby Club and Midwest Conference and ECNL RL. So I really enjoyed it. And and instead of just trying to gather all the kids from my program, now I can kind of throw them out to any program in the country. And I've really enjoyed that. Um, Just trying to give those kids opportunities that, you know, they're deserving of.
1: so you you laid it all out there. So thanks for your time. Good luck at training tonight. <laughs> I, I asked for like a quick summary of the intro. We got the thesis. I like well, that. But it was it's a good <clears> intro. <throat> because I,
2: I think it really what you what it, you cut out, though. Yeah, was your know, 10 plus years of being a journeyman. And playing yeah. at how many different teams did you play for? Yeah, you
1: wrote, according to uh, Wikipedia. What does
3: Wikipedia, Wikipedia say? <laughs> uh,
2: it says
1: uh, Dan Donnegan, nickname lot. Road Dog. D- there
3: <laughs> no. you go. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see here. Me, I'll, I'll,
1: I I'll read through it real quick. Boston Bold, Storm, uh, Penn Jersey, Wichita Wings, Tampa Bay Rowdies, Milwaukee Wave, Rockford Raptors.
0: War Hogs out of Washington, Milwaukee oh Waves,
1: gosh. Ambush, and Steamers.
0: Let's yeah. talk about the years that he played for the Wave that was sandwiched with the year that he played outdoor with the Rowdies. Right. In those Wave years, this dude had. 10 or 15 more goals than games played. I mean, how,
3: how, you were <laughs> on it those years, weren't you? You guys did your homework. That's good stuff. I mean, <laughs> 40 to 46 yeah. goals oh, and you're playing
0: 30 games. I mean, yeah. holy shit, you're scoring three, four goals a game.
3: Well, I had a lot of good players around me. That's all I can say. The, and, you know, here the ball, we go. comes on really Well, yeah. well <laughs> right. the, the, the,
1: the good players around you, I'm going to go back to at the beginning of your conversation. Uh, or uh, the history, you talked about your backyard where you grew up and you were mentioning players like John Harkes and Tony Miola. Talk about uh, Jersey, talk about soccer in that region at that time because we all... Before academies. Yeah, before academies, before all that got crazy, I mean realistically U.S. soccer at that time really was about a few pockets of players. Jersey undoubtedly was near at or near the top of the list. And you know who wasn't on that list by the way, right?
3: Was, I think it was Casey. I
1: believe it was Casey. I, I don't believe it was Casey. I know Kansas City was not on that list.
3: But. Southern Cal, St. Louis, Jersey, really are the three that come to my mind. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm 56 now. I'll be 57 soon. So talk about the era when I grew up was, yeah, it was uh, it was very passion. It was passionately driven. So
1: so as a young player that obviously you excelled at a young age because obviously that your trajectory proves that, proves that out. Uh, talk about those guys that you grew up with that you probably played against as kids in, in club and into uh, the older competitive years what, what did it mean to you when you started to see like the Harks, like the Miolas uh, start to put on the national team jerseys and, and go to Europe and play in England and all these other things that were you know, you go back five years, ten years prior, that just wasn't happening at the pace that it started to occur during those years.
3: Yeah, you're, you're touching a real soft spot with me to be honest with you because I, I, in hindsight I, I wish I did maybe pursue a couple of the opportunities that came my way, whether well, it was a World University Games. But my, my dad and my family was kind of academically oriented. And I was still short credit hours of graduating UConn. And I had to pass up on a couple opportunities. That, again, in hindsight, I wish I took. So instead of him going to summer school and flunking those classes, <laughs> I should have gone to the world university games, but I ended up getting my degree and I got my master's from SLU. So again, in hindsight, there were, there were a lot of opportunities that maybe I didn't get the person, even MLS like MLS came in, I think what well, was it? 94. And I was kind of in the middle to back end of my indoor career. Cause we just had yep. a lot of dysfunctional leagues at the time when right. I was playing pro. Yep. And so I had a bad taste in my mouth about a lot of the professional leagues around the U S and, you know, it was hard for me to really know what MLS was going to become. So I passed on that opportunity because the, the, I was already making a reasonable salary, not a great salary, but a, a one that I was happy with and MLS offered me a, a lesser salary. And yeah, what like, was minimum like, minimum? I go backwards?
0: Low 20s? It, mean, was,
3: it was like 30, 35,000 yeah. that I was offered. And I was making more than that in the indoor league and the outdoor league, right? Cause, and that's so where I had my suitcase with. I'm going to call it, something out. And, uh, the day that Maradona died, Somebody
2: tweeted, his name's Mark Connolly. he's a writer for ESPN. He said, we'd watched Diego Maradona highlights on VHS tapes, that's all we had. The players I first loved, like Dan Donegan, Harks, Ramos, Balboa, felt like real guys. You could go watch them occasionally. Maradona seemed like a myth, a soccer god created in a lab, RIP it to a magician. You were just thought of in line. with all those guys, and you didn't go uh, over to Europe. And so I know you, you probably have some, not regrets, but things that, man, I probably probably could have done that, but I mean, yeah. you still have a hold, and that was from 2020. So this wasn't 86 when this guy wrote this, and there's other well, well, people that commented, Taylor Twelman even said the same thing.
3: Yeah. So yeah. that's a
2: little testament to who you were as a player and, and the impact you made that that it's you. very humbling.
3: It's very humbling, but I can also understand why that happened and, and why I got a lot of accolades. I got. We had a great sports management, sports marketing department at UConn. I told you my head coach pushed me as yep. the golden child of soccer. And Nesson, if you guys, some of you guys are a little younger mm-hmm. than me, but New England Soccer Network, NESN, Nesson was on a lot. And yep. a lot of people around the country were able to tune in and watch UConn soccer yep. on Nesson. It was one of the only telecasts, cable, cable telecasts that was on. So people kind of. I, we were exposed to to me I guess um, but no that's, that's well, you're also a be- you have to send that to me you're also <laughs> um,
0: from that era you're also on the all decade team in the Big East I mean yeah. that's a big flipping oh, accolade yeah. with those names and who played in the Big East in your decade I mean that's a hard team to make
3: It was it was good. But again, it's, you know, I I credit my university, you know, it's it's how much you can market your players Mm -hmm. and your program. So 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 let's
1: let's then let's 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 pull you out of it because clearly you're you're being extremely humble about the accolades and your path. Um, Compare and contrast your your Jersey brethren, you know, the Hark's, Mule's, et cetera. Uh, two, once you came here, you played uh, indoor, and then obviously you got into coaching over the time. Talk about the players uh, that were kind of the pinnacle, of the players, you know, in St. Louis at the time versus those that you left. Uh, from Jersey, you know, it, stylistically, because this is always a debate in US soccer about how are we going to make this work? And then there, there's everybody's like, well, there's East Coast style, there's Midwest, there's, West, you know, Southwest. Talk about the player differences, name drop a little bit, and what stood out for you uh, uh, about the two groups.
3: Um, well, that's a, that's a loaded question. It's so hard for me. I have a terrible memory. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'll, I'll do my best. I mean, a lot of the kids like Tab Ramos had a Uruguayan background. Johnny Harks had a Scottish background. Um, Tony Miola, I don't know. He was just a great all-around athlete. I mean, I think he got drafted by baseball and, and soccer. He could play the field. He played in goal. Um, and, and you come out here in the Midwest, and you got your typical all-American guys that are tremendously talented players as well. Um, I think the difference maybe with the East Coast, it's so much more diverse than out here from an ethnicity standpoint. Yep. So I was exposed to a lot of different styles of play and a lot of mm. a lot of. Different kind of players, period. And uh, out here, it was a lot, you know, very technically oriented. Um, you know, build up uh, like everything you kind of always wanted, or at least what I always wanted to to employ as a as a coach and a player. Um, so again, I like to think I went from one unbelievable place to another, and that's why it was so easy for me to transition here to St. Louis. And it's funny because I always give. Pete Silver a lot of credit for for telling me, he goes, Danny, the only reason you survived here in St. Louis is because you're from the East Coast and you have thick skin. He goes, otherwise you would have been chewed up and spit out. And it's very true. I mean, I was chewed up and spit out quite a bit in my early years here as a coach especially. But, you know, I think people have now understand that, you know, I love the city. I love the kids that play in the city. I respect the, the talent pool, the, the coaches. Like, even what you guys are doing here, like, this is why this place is so great. Um, How hard was it to play embedded. for,
0: um, to, to, to coach? How hard was it to be in the organization? And I only know rumors and I was young at the time. Father Biondi. Was he, yeah. um, like our listeners, was he, w- he was hard, was he
3: not? I mean, did yeah. he expect a greatness at all times? Yeah, listen, he, he was a great president of the university. I mean, he built up a lot of a lot of that university grounds and, and uh, secured the, the university in downtown on Cran. So um, I had a pretty good relationship with him, to be honest with you, until the day I decided that I... Needed to leave or wanted to leave for whatever reason, um, and I went and knocked on his office door, but he he wasn't there for some reason, <laughs> so, so I never got to say goodbye. Um, but he but he took some of my camp shirts to say That was up. probably divine intervention. I think so. I think <laughs> so. You. But but no, I a lot of again a lot of respect, and and I'm I'm indebted to St. Louis University. I support them wholeheartedly to this day. Um, you know, I was in a, in a situation in my career where I felt a move was, was necessary at that time when I left SLU, um, but I support the program, the university, Kevin Kalish. I, I love the, the program. I mean, they've had tremendous couple, last couple years. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, they have. And, uh, you know, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, college soccer is college soccer. We'll, I mean, hopefully they can continue to enjoy the success they've had. Well, we, we,
1: we were talking about or uh, we talked to uh, Kevin Stoll, uh yeah. probably what what was that about a month ago down in Bradenton um where yes. basically the comment was and and Kevin alluded to it on on our show when he came on and chatted with us was Slu's goal is to accelerate increase the number of St. Louis players on sure. that on that roster. And before you showed up, we were talking with Chuck a little bit, uh, Jared and I, uh, talking about the you know these major programs and this uh, this glut of foreign nationals that are playing at the D1 level, taking up a lot of a lot of headcount. Uh, But how does it make you feel when you see what Kevin and that staff is doing? uh, You know, uh, clearly being part of the the development community in this area. Uh, what's your What's your opinion on what they're trying to do by leaning into the St. Louis marketplace?
3: Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, it's what I tried to do, to be honest. I mean, it's easy for me to be transparent and open right now because I'm not protecting anything. <laughs> I'm not the coach of St. anymore, so sure. I don't really care. But you know, I tried to build our program on on homegrown kids. I always said there's nothing that can replace the passion and the fight in a kid to play in front of their family and friends, right? And that's what we kind of prided and built our program on at SLU. And I think that's what Kevin and, and Kevin and Kevin and, and his assistants are doing now. And I, I love to see it. I mean, if you look at just all the All-American teams, it's like 80% international, right? And it's hard to yeah. compete against those guys. Yeah. Those guys are men coming in here, and you got to try to find those top American kids. And even, like, I, I recruited Jared when he was coming out, but it's like everybody and their brothers coming in to take those top kids. So we couldn't get all the top. St. Louis kids. If we got a handful, that we were, we felt really, really fortunate. So it's just impossible to get every single kid, homegrown kid in St. Louis that you want to keep home. And you, but those you, guys have done a great job. You won what seven out of nine? I mean, got yeah, the district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, seven NCAA so nine. NCAA tournament, out of NCAA tournament
2: yeah. seven out of nine times uh, in in your Slu years. Yeah. What I read, and you can always correct me, is there were some contract issues with Slu at the time you you're wanting a little more stability and it sounds like that's the oh, theme yeah. through
3: you mean my departure yeah 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 yeah. but you know again and that, that's in hindsight I, oh it, no no but no. yes you're absolutely right um, I blame was Vasevich <laughs> when he left early <laughs> for not making the tournament the next year and Will John and a couple other. guys, Brad Davis yeah. yeah you know so God
0: and, uh, you has it, just had those guys for a sniff yeah I I know, think about yeah. Those, Dipsy
3: yeah I mean Vodod, how good was Dipsy oh Dipsy was I had him one year and I uh, thought Bob Warming was going to steal him because that was the year Bob left and yep. went to Crate and so I and he took a couple of those kids From Harris Stowe, but Dipsy was, you know, again a special player, and I stay in touch with him to this day. Um, I've, I've built great relationships, and I just again feel so fortunate to have those talented guys. I I love them as players, but I like them even more like as as people. You know, they're just yeah. good people. How like, much do you think John Leamy hated you when you got Jackie? <laughs> I, what the, right out why, of his backyard, kick right? Kickapoo right? Yes, yeah, yeah oh, that's right. God, and he, yeah. what,
0: how long was he a pro for? John Leamy was years? never happy
3: because I never wanted to go and play you guys on the road. I would always <laughs> make them come in the slew. <laughs> I was like John, I, I can't do it. My I blame my administration. Just blame the administration if you don't want to do it yourself, there you go. right? Yep. Yeah, but I was going to ask you kind of a follow-up on that part it
2: wasn't so much about the contract piece for me it was more just I used to work in higher education mm-hmm. and universities have some interesting cultures and sure. you have the UConn background as an undergrad you have SLU as a head coach and Rutgers as a head coach can you talk a little bit about that landscape it how, how it's shifted
3: Yeah, I I think. And I have a master's in higher education from SLU. So there you go. Um, But again, another benefit, perk of why I love this place. But, you know, I, I think some things have to happen for things to improve. And I had to leave at that time for the program to get improvements where it needed it. So I have no qualms about that at all the next coach I'm sure made more money than me he, he got a multi-year contract and that's how life works and right you know so it's it, it was something that I realized and understood and, and ex- accepted and it was fine and I think it's in a much better spot than today than it was when I was there how do you think it how do you think soccer in the university setting in the United States has
2: changed in your lifetime and what do you where do you see it kind of going in the future
3: yeah, I think there's still a, a big place for it, right? I, I think it's it's always going to be an option for my kids. I have two yeah. young boys; they're they're twelve and fourteen, I think now. Um, so I want that to be an avenue for them. I know it could be a great avenue for them. I mean, obviously, you got to think about your future, yeah. and education is important. It's the American culture, right? But I also want my kids to understand if that they have an opportunity to pursue whether it's with St. Louis City Academy team and become a pro and bypass college then I'm going to be very very supportive of that too The it got to be all for the right reason
0: yeah that's the one thing yeah. that's different from you like 100%. your parents were like let's the world university games We're, you know, okay. So say you you leave at that same age and you go make one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, you can always go back. Then it was different.
3: Then it was totally different. There wasn't not those opportunities. There wasn't a belief in our community for that. And now I think we have it because we've seen it. Right, we've gotten more and more young kids bypass and go on and and really do well. But it's still a small percentage. So it's still not a big enough percentage for me as a parent to say okay, everything is with this. But look, my kids. my older one is a straight-A student. He's an honor, whatever all that means, right? So he's got the academic piece, but I also am going to support him 100% with whatever opportunities can come his way on the field. Love it. Because well, I, I have to... You guys do it, too. I yeah. mean, so... Oh, yeah. Yeah, be, well... W- 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 I have a
1: whole list of questions regarding the the parent's equation here. We're, we're going to cover that in a little bit. <laughs> I, gotta I, I, I got to be careful
3: now. I do have to protect myself on that <laughs> one because I am in a club. Oh, trust <laughs> me.
1: We will be the ones stepping in the shit. You're fine. Uh, okay. Um, my question, though, is because I kind of want to keep ratcheting up, the uh, heading up the ladder here in this conversation, where we've been going and now... Uh, specifically with the introduction and the implementation and the early successes of City SC here in our backyard. You know, we've talked about the the, the role that the clubs have played, uh, you know, in the communities, developing players, uh, the legacy that these universities have been privy to based on predominantly backyard players, you know, now within the college marketplace here in in, uh, our our metro area. Clearly, there's SLU, but we also have SIUE. We have Lindenwood at the table now. We have very high power programs, um, but now the bright, shiny new star is City SC. Uh, How do you see, or what do you see as their role uh, in kind of that relationship between those levels and kind of managing expectations? Because the universities. In my opinion, they have to love that there is an MLS team in their backyard. How do you see that playing out over the short term, long term?
3: Yeah, I I think it's fantastic. We have the best of all worlds right now in our city, you know, with the the ultimate goal for kids. I mean, some are still going to be Europe, for sure. But certainly MLS is a tremendous option for our top players, right? So, you know, you guys have kids growing up here in the city. I'm sure their number one priority goal is to make that St. Louis City Academy team and ultimately make the first team. So, you know, what do I see as their role is just being a community-based opportunity for all of us, right? I mean, I consider myself a feeder or a feeder club for St. Louis City, you know? Um, I, I love to collaborate with the Gallaghers, the Lou Fuses, the Iaxes, the JB Beamer, I mean, you name it. I mean, I, I have friends in all those clubs. Think
0: about your and, your your tree and who are yeah. in those clubs. Yeah, sure. They're your guys, Nick, uh, yeah. you know, Brad. I mean, all these guys
3: came from where you were at. Well, they came from St. Louis. <laughs> yeah, but they so, played for you I, at Freaking Sloop for yeah, the most part. Yeah, yeah. But again, just like, and again, I'll point to guys like you who, you know, went away for a little bit but you guys always kind of gravitate back right and again yeah. it's why there's such a wealth of knowledge a wealth of experienced, qualified people that elevated the game from the very very youth levels on up i mean when we were growing up there wasn't a lot of great qualified coaches there were dads that were reading books and watching videos and now you <laughs> got guys that played at the highest level out there training on either a volunteer basis or a very low wage basis right so, which, you know, brings up a whole nother topic that I can go off on with the whole pay to play thing, but, uh, you know, I don't well, want I, to I, I step was th- too deep.
1: I, I was thinking about exactly what you're referencing and, and you're alluding to because over the weekend, uh, my little guy was out at Gallagher training on Field Six back in the back. You guys had a all-day derby against Gallagher with your, your teams, you know. And you kind of walk around, and there's yourself, there's Trit over on the other field, there's Jeff Davis walking around. My bear, I mean, it's a who's who, all these guys, you know. And and what I love about it is it's literally at this point now, it's kind of foolish because it's generational. You got Ken <laughs> Godet and his crew running all these little guys right behind you um can you does jersey does that marketplace or can you think of any other marketplace have that kind
3: of depth that we have in your opinion do you think or i I don't jersey's too small (laughs) i mean it's 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 a um a melting pot of sorts but there are a lot of guys to kind of go back to your earlier question about how i compare whatever but like Region one, I call it region one. This is where we're region two. That's what it used to be back in the yep, in the region. old days, the yep. ODP stuff, right? Which, you know, is hopefully got to come back at some point. But anyway, region one, like the Bruce Arenas, the Bob Bradleys, the Manny Shellshites, the Charlie Inversos, those are guys that I kind of grew up emulating. And, you know, those were my, um, you know, idols that I've learned a lot from. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I still go like I just had a, a, a regional camp recently with Charlie Inverso, who was my first coach when I was like eight years old. How awesome was that? It, it, it was really cool, but he was like my first ever coach when I was playing for Our Lady of Sorrows back in Jersey when I was like eight years old, and he's the longtime U15 youth national team coach who coached at Mercer County Community College. I used to go watch the Mer- the junior college national championships wow. all, every year when Flo would come in or Merrimack, Merrimack would come in, yeah. like in the heydays of those, you know, the Pete Sorby years or whatever, when they mm-hmm. won all those national championships. W- that was right around the corner from my house, so that was my first initial you know, tied to St. Louis soccer. I used to say, like, who are these guys from St. Louis? Holy cow, they're, they're really freaking good. They're winning every other national championship at the junior college level. You know, and then I had the great fortune to get drafted out there, uh, uh, you know, when I got older. So, you know, those are those are kind of some of the stepping stones that I've experienced that, you know, again, gave me opportunity, but also why I so, have so much respect for, for St. Louis and the people out here. So i want to try to ask a
2: question and, and not let you step in anything as a I member per- of um, try the, not the development academy but i'm curious because I, I i've heard that um in addition to scott gallagher and and city they both have youth academies that go all the way up to u19 i believe and now fuse is going to be
3: in mls next you're talking about yes MLS yes. next
2: yes moving into that realm as well. So they're going to have U14 all the way up to U19. In your opinion, do you think... <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to talk about the specific clubs. I'm talking about the development side of it. Sure. Having more academies that are in the MLS pipeline, is that a positive for St. Louis? Meaning the more academies that are playing at that in that MLS next group so not ecnl yep. not i
3: know what you're asking i know yeah. exactly what you're asking and and you don't have to answer I, I, if i'm if i'm baiting, no, I'm not just, baiting you i'm just wheel I, I, wheel I really want your, i just want to be very careful i yeah. think i think what we ultimately want is the kids to be in the right environment and, and the right competitive yeah. situation and you know again everybody's chasing platforms yep. right it's what's does what it become more watered does. down
0: if we have too many uh irons in the fire or how about this could it become more watered down
3: yeah, I think so. I mean, is the talent pool here in our city. You know, there's a lot of great players, but, you know, again, it, that's to each his own opinion, I guess. But, you know, I, you know, if you want my God's honest answer, it's it, if they're competitive enough, great. If not, then, you know, you, you're putting the kids in a, a very difficult situation. Well, could it go the here's, here's other way, a, though? Let me ask. it. A well, hold on. Way. I'm going to let him off the hook real quick. Well, no, I'm, because... not
2: gonna, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. Because I want to ask a different <laughs> way. Could it possibly go the other way, though?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You could you could enhance the potential of the players by putting them in a tougher and harder environment. Absolutely. And, and draw you, more attention. Right? Yeah. Yeah, draw yeah, more absolutely.
2: attention to St. Louis and you get more kids that are yeah. more interested in going down that yeah. path.
3: But, but so how I'm that, not
2: trying to be negative. Yeah. And how no, that, no, no, no. How is really. that
3: going to happen? Are you going to start bringing kids in from outside of our area? I mean, that's to, what I yeah. to, to supplement it. Right? I, yeah.
1: Yeah. So, here's what Key we do. Key the song. Key the song. <laughs> Yeah, see, I'm helping you out here Another Atlantic City, right? I'm going to toss another one back there for you. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some refills. Uh, and when we come back, we're going to ask you a ton of questions that you won't answer on the air. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic.
3: I might have to cancel training.
1: <laughs> we'll be right back with Dan Donegan. Thanks, Dan.
2: No, I, I love you.
0: The term staycation was really invented by soccer moms. Located one hour and seven minutes from the Arch, the Music Box Chalet at Innsbruck is a hidden gem. Buried in three acres of private woods, the Music Box has a master suite for just you, a loft and second bath for them, and a vinyl collection to meet your every mood. The full-size kitchen will easily accommodate three to 12 bottles of rosé, while the huge fire pit seating area will keep the big kids busy. Golf, fishing, kayaking, pickleball, Or simply reading a book with Mother Nature, all at your fingertips. Visit either VRBO or Airbnb to find The Music Box Chalet. And now, back to those guys.
1: Oh. We're back, people. Dan, does
3: this... this My, my 80s. Is that what you're trying to do? Is Bring this, this, uh, this Blues Traveler? Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, it's the other. It's the other band that everybody knows from Jersey.
1: Yeah. So does this like make you think about like childhood skating rink parties? It's and... like my prom. So yes, like my yeah. high school prom. Who'd you take prom?
3: Uh, Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> Sherry. Sherry. Oh, Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> Did you have, All mullet? Right. Did That's you have another a mullet? you Jersey band? <laughs> oh, I had a bad mullet. Yes, which stripes in the side?
2: Nice. That's another Jersey band. Which Sherry one? baby? Sherry.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, Frankie Valley. Frankie Valley. Yeah, he's Jersey. You know who else is Jersey? Sinatra. Yes, True. he is. Yeah, I mean, and Bob or Bob Simon. Bob Simon. Bob Paul Simon. Simon is from Jersey. Bon Snooky's bon from Jersey. Snooky is...
0: <laughs> no, no, no. no. Imports. Does that give you guys a bad name? Snooki and Pauly D? <laughs> She's really from PA. They won't <laughs> she, hear this, right? Yeah, they're uh,
1: awful. Not yet. Not yet. They might. Uh, so we're back. Um, you know, really appreciate your time. We know you got training here in a little bit, so we're going to dig right in. I uh, want to shift gears and really get into... The youth side, kind of current role, uh, development academy. Um, For those that are listening, if you were to give them kind of the the pitch, you know what's Mm -hmm. because St. Louis has an unlimited amount of clubs for young families to evaluate, choose, uh, and and try out. Uh what what
3: sets you guys apart? What do you do what do you do special? What do you do differently? We got the best uniforms. Most awesome uniforms. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I do like the colors. They are pretty no, dope. It's uh I mean honestly there's there's great Coaches and trainers and all the clubs in St. Louis, right? Again, mm-hmm. the, the the great benefit of our our, our city. But um, what I what I like to think we do very well is starts at the very very grassroots ground level in developing the fu- basic fundamentals of these kids at a very very young age, and hopefully build them build an interest to have fun and passion for the game to where they fall in love with the game and they want to continue on and come into our club and create teams and try to let them play what we consider to be the way we want to see our our youth kids play Um, and just, you know, ultimately as they progress through is just, you know, make those lifelong friendships, enjoy the game, take it as high as they can, depending upon what their potential is as players. And then ultimately, you know, what I've experienced this past year with the girls that I coach is getting an opportunity to go play in college and, and lead to an educational opportunity for you. So, you know, Marty Pike has been a guy who's, who's a longtime St. Louis soccer legend. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm sure Absolutely. many people have a have an opinion on, on Marty, but I think he does, want to, without a doubt, one of the best jobs in, in the country with the young players um, that, to kind of introduce them to the game. Um, and then it's up to like myself and some of the other qualified trainers and coaches to kind of lay down a baseline of fundamental skills for these kids. And then ultimately, again, um, I- I'm, I'm more about quality as opposed to quantity. Personally, you know, I know there's tons of clubs and tons of teams that everybody's chasing for. Right. I, you know, I'm not a fan of that. Um whether everybody in my club may like or (laughs) or disagree Um, I just want to get the the, the right kids that want to play the game the way we teach it and the way we coach it and, you know, just enjoy it and see how long and how far they can take it. So you've got a great facility too. I mean, we have a beautiful facility. I mean, Sportport has been there for a long time. We have five turf fields, I think five or six grass fields. I mean, you know, nice concessions area. I mean, it's, it's inviting. Their slice of games are out there. Everybody's been out there. Oh yeah. We've all been, we've all been to all the complexes around, but certainly we've all done a loop. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And every, you know, and the other thing just to kind of touch upon this too is like, the biggest thing I've always talked about is like how many, you know, club jerseys do you have in your closet by the time you're in high school. Right. Yeah. <laughs> most of yeah. Us, most of the kids have every club that they can think of that their parents are willing to drive them to. To me, the secret sauce
0: is and always has been the kids that start in a club with a high level trainer and they learn the fundamentals of the game and they can play, quote unquote, outside of a paper bag, you know, get their mm-hmm. way out of a paper bag. We have a lot of kids in our game that are that are that are relying on being an athlete, which is great because as they get older they can develop into an excellent soccer player. But the clubs that get it, that try to develop kids at a youth level, the 5s, the 9s, just play soccer, you know. Mm-hmm. And the guys that develop the kids at the fastest clip are going to have the most success?
3: Yeah, I mean, and truly, that I, I like to think that I, you know, I'd put our coaches, our top coaches, against anybody, any other club in in the city. And again, I no question. I have tremendous respect for the Gallagher's, the Fuses, the J. Like you name anybody, I I know good coaches in every single club here. Right. But I, I truly believe that. You know, I've been fortunate. This I, I just came here three years ago. I, mean, it's, I can't believe it's been three years already. But I, I was fortunate, again, to That's come nasty. into a circle of coaches and trainers that I really respect and that I kind of can see eye to eye with. You know, there's a number of ways that you want to maybe – teach the game or coach the game or whatever, but, you know, a little variance here or there. Uh, you know, the, a player's going to – everybody's going to respond a little bit differently as players, and they're going to grow a little bit faster or, sh- you know, slower than the next guy. So so, so let's, let's talk about that uh, uh,
1: developmental uh, shift, uh, those that advance and those that maybe stagnate, uh, because here we're coming into uh, mid-late spring, and in the world of youth club soccer in St. Louis – this is a period of time in which parent anxiety is through the roof because everybody's wondering about <laughs> the, the, the next kick around, the, you know, who's coming in. Are they going to take my little Johnny spot or my little Johnny needs to be on this team, not that team? How do you guys as a club or how do you as a director at the club, do you talk to your staff to, you know, how do you communicate with parents and manage that expectation uh, for? the transitional period at the end of a season.
3: It's really, really hard. It, it, I mean, I get emails, text messages, phone calls every day. Like, when are you having your kickarounds I see your tryouts, but when are you having kick around? when are you having this, when are you having that? People, people you can't communicate enough with everybody. You have to team meetings, parent meetings, player meetings, you know, coaches meetings. So it, it's really, I mean, look, we have 100 teams. There's clubs here in our city that have a lot more than that. Right? there's maybe a couple. So how they manage it I don't know. it's, it's really hard. I mean it's hard for us and yeah. I you know we have about 100 teams. so you know everybody's looking for the next great thing. And every year it's a rat race to see who gets those platforms, see who gets those teams, who gets those top players that you want. But they, you know, for us, there's a place for everybody in our club because we, we don't technically have the top platforms on the boys' side, right. but we do on the girls' side. So we've built that up um, to a very, very respectable place, and we're trying to do the same thing now with the boys. But my job now is to, okay, how many, ki- how many guys on the boys' side can we get to St. Louis City? Yeah, you know, and we've gotten some. We've gotten some O sevens there. We've gotten an 08 there, and you know, hopefully, we're going to get some O nines there. You have a hammer on the 08 side. So, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. oh, I yeah. forgot. I,
1: I, stone just occurred to me. Absolutely. Point, I lo- point I love lead,
3: that he's
2: yeah. By the way, he's a point leader for our team right now.
0: Yeah, he's. Uh, and I tell you what, his dad's a freaking maniac. <laughs> <laughs> he's, frame my a, hey, he's my, my friend. Hey, I got
3: you, Steve. He's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. Hey,
1: frame of reference, though, because going into the season, uh, you, uh, because. Beckett, my son, had played against Stone a few more times because he was on Premiere and then skipped up to Academy the year prior to City. And when I saw him coming in, we all had this conversation. We were kind of projecting, you know, because soccer dance, were so smart, right? Uh, and I'm like, man, I lo- the Stone kid, I think he's a player. I think he's a legit striker. And I believe
3: everybody's comment was... Well, he has a
1: mullet. I can't.
3: <laughs> oh, he's got a great mullet.
2: <laughs> he did at the trial because he's a
3: baseball player too. So yeah, he's got to no. let that flow out of the back. Right? And he so.
1: is uh, he, hes fun to watch. Like he's a true goal scorer. Um, yep. Really good. Um, I digress. Here's—I I, want to go back to what we were just talking about because uh, the question I have for you is through that process of. Uh, the constant battle, the tug and the, the the push and pull, I should say, of player development versus, frankly, t- team chemistry. You know, mm-hmm. w- given that you guys don't have some of the uh, the top levels for on the boys side in particular, how do you manage that, uh, you know, keeping families happy, keeping yep. kids happy versus picking yep. the one yeah, or two? I-
3: I think Jared kind of touched on it. You give them quality coaching, quality training, right? Yeah. It's, you're going to develop every day. It's not just where you play your games all the time. Sometimes it's there's more development in the training sessions, right? So, again, we pride ourselves on the quality of our training and the day-to-day development as opposed to, you know, what platform we have or may not have. Right. Um, but we're, we're very comfortable where we are right now. you got to be careful what you wish for, too. Um, so you don't want it's a platform coming, that yeah. you're not ready for. Right, so we, we've. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing here, right? So just be careful.
1: So then, so then, let's jump all the way up to really that that final transition. Um uh, for those age groups, uh, uh, boys and girls, when you get into that late sophomore, junior year, going into senior year, uh, you know how does uh, development academy? How do you guys manage that college process? Do you have yep. a mechanism in place? You know what can pa- d- what can parents ex- expect at that level?
3: Yeah, we have. We we have recently brought on one of our former girls' academy coaches. His name is Bob uh, Bob Kitner. He had a tremendously successful. Um, they were called Red Devil team because he's a man you guy too. Mm-hmm. And um, the, every single one of his girls signed uh, Division one, scholarship right whether it was a full or partial like or whatever i mean it, it's it was really that's eye opener to me having been a former college coach for 20 some plus years so you know i help in that process right because i can have the candid conversations not as the girl's dad but as her coach or as the club's technical director mm-hmm. yeah. so i know exactly every angle that these college coaches are coming at our families and our kids i i don't let them take advantage of our families but at the same time you know I'm not trying to just sit there and haggle for every single dollar we can get right but I just want it to be the right situation for our student athletes so I think that you know is something that we can significantly offer to our families on both the boys' and the girl side. I had to build a lot of relationships on the girl side, but I, I've built a lot over the last couple of years working within the GA. And now, you know, obviously I, I have a 08 boys' team that I work with that these kids are getting ready now to kind of start that process, right? Yeah, I mean, kudos you guys know to you.
0: It. I mean, kudos to you because I think the families, if they don't know in that program – with uh, mike and, and and dave and yourself with the people that have real tangible experience in the college game uh, you guys i mean they don't know what they got so kudos to you because you guys will steer them in the correct direction i mean that, that, that's wonderful
3: and and look you know, again i'm a parent too right and we want the best of all worlds <laughs> right. for our kids no and, and it's hard to just kind of cap that emotion, but we, we have parents that freak out all the time because... I wouldn't know anything about it. Know. Does Scott
0: Gallagher <laughs> have a uh, technical or club director that's coached Division One soccer for 15 years? Uh, no. Okay.
2: Well, not that I'm aware of.
0: They got no. a lot of guys that played it at a high level and coached it at a high level, but they don't have that guy that, that gets the economics
2: out of it. I don't think it. any of the clubs in St. Louis have a former... D one huh. college coach. Well, I just I,
1: I I think it's because we are saturated with talent at an you know immense amount of levels. All these clubs are saturated with high quality individuals. Yeah. So um, here's here's my question, kind of feeding, pulling out of all that. You know, now let's get into a little bit of like the landscape because we do have. To a degree, a traffic jam. We've got a, an influx of soccer's never – as popular as soccer has always been in St. Louis, it's never been this popular. You have literally uh, you're, you – we're breaking records in new kid enrollment and all these clubs, and you have the rushes, the development. Yep. I mean, we're just blowing up. Do you see critical mass, or do you see maybe a – Uh, a big roadblock coming down the pipe to where we need a reset to kind of get this a little bit more organized.
3: Yeah, I I mean, I love to see consistency with these kids, to be honest with you. I mean, once you find something that you're happy and comfortable with, just trust it and and follow it, right? I mean, again, we're constantly... As a technical director, as a coach, as a whatever, we're constantly trying to appease everybody and convince them like you're in a good spot. You're you're fine. Your kid's getting better. He's having fun. So you know, stop trying to influence this process when it's you're the only one that feels this way. <laughs> your kid your kid's yeah. not unhappy. Well your your kid's getting better. But,
1: but Dan, it's they're like, season ticket holders for City. I mean, they know everything there is to know about yeah. the game. I and, know. That's why
3: I bought four, and, too. Yeah, figured like, it helped me out, right? And yeah, I haven't even yeah. been able to get them any fact, games.
1: Come on, LP, right? <laughs> yeah. Where's, I mean, where's yeah. my field pass? Do how you know much money I've spent here?
0: Yeah, yeah it, it's one of those things. I, like I, I bought I, a twenty dollar pork steak sandwich. <laughs> for fuck's sakes! For twenty, hey, I
3: listen, deserve
1: a ball for that. Listen, um,
3: I walked into the, the Wally's Market or something, and I yeah. put my I flashed my credit card. They charged me fifteen bucks. I walk in, I get two things. I come out, they open I I don't even know how they charged me but i got a i got a invoice oh, down yeah. the road i Dude. mean the technology over there at that place is awesome I, is I love phenomenal. the stadium I, I i love the whole thing about it i'm just i mean finally this was this was going on for a long long time and yeah. it's finally here so it's like i'm so happy for these kids growing up in our city like for my own sons to have that to aspire to it, there's nothing better
0: the st louis transplant it's, coming from jersey we have to ask the question you have a huge stake in this game in st louis What did you think flat out when you walked into the stadium the first time?
3: Uh, I think they learned a lot from all the other stadiums around the country. I've been to a lot of other stadiums and it's first class. I mean, I I love it. I mean, there's not a bad seat in the house. The, The fans the St. Luligans or, you know, whoever, it's just unbelievable. Like who would not want to play in front of them? that would elevate my game a whole nother. Oh, maybe I, maybe God. I, I should have kept going, man. <laughs> cause, cause that environment, <laughs> you just feed off of that as a player. I know I would, you know. And,
1: and, what, and what do you think will happen uh, to the youth marketplace? You know, as we see more of the Miggies uh, yeah. taking the field, Caden uh, K- clearly, I don't so know if you awesome. Oh yeah. You know, yeah the banger up the, up the crossbar yesterday. Um, yep. You know, these guys are, these guys are percolating. And these are kids that were kicking around in summer camps with our boys, right? Yep. So for you guys, how excited are you to see the potential of... Uh, a, a Caden or you know
3: even like a Johnny Klein where we so have like just yeah, he scored again players. yesterday they lost but he scored for st Louis City too I mean
2: well af- off of a Caden Glover yeah uh, crossbar yeah I mean Johnny look, Klein don't think my, my
3: kid knows my kid follows it TikTok, uh, all the social media oh, yeah. They're all he, know, he knows your boy he, he follows results of your kids teams all the time yeah I mean obviously he talks with stone because stone was on his team before I pulled him down to the O nines and he's in that process now so I mean it's it's a tremendous you know motivational piece for these kids now. Now, I mean, just even going back to, like, when we were talking about my year growing up, Harksey was one of the first guys that went over and played in England. Rain was one of the first guys that made it in the in the Spain. Yeah, yeah. So it's like there's more and more. Now we're seeing it right here in our own city with Miggy, Caden Glover, all those guys. So, I mean, it, it, again, time will, will tell that, but I think it's unbelievable to sit back and watch as a dad. So, well,
1: speaking of dad, I'm glad you ended just like that because you just mentioned your boy is an 09 and he's <laughs> going through the... The process right now yep. um, how, how how do you bite your tongue do you bite your tongue when he gets in the car and it's, he's in the back it's easy it's you easy know, because, because <laughs> I, I've been a coach for so so long
3: I know what not to be yeah. Right. I don't want to be that that you know I haven't tried to get involved in, in, in you know just to support him and he's like I- I'm going down I'm, I'm good like so <laughs> I just hands off which is awesome so that's the way I want him to be and you know you, you coach Brad Davis yeah. And well, y- I. Yeah. I mean, if that's what you want to call. Well, it. Well, yeah. you,
2: you were the coach I, that I he was him on out the there team. Yeah. You knew to give him a jersey. <laughs> I put him
3: out there. You put I said, him "Brad, here's the, the ball." ball. Yeah. Brad, here's the ball, and I, p- I gave it to his <laughs> left foot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Game. Yeah. yeah. Like, free kick. Right
0: you guys leave. <laughs> <laughs> Brad's taking it. <laughs> yes. Satori O'Connell. Yeah. Everybody, get out of here. Brad's taking the free kick. But you said you listened
2: to that episode, right? I did. He talked about. He talked about his relationship with his dad and now his relationship with his kid and. And yep. I think all four of us at this table have had moments where we went, I probably could have done that better. Sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely.
3: I don't ever admit it, though. I just yeah. don't ever admit it. I, I, Yeah. So, I mean,
2: thinking of the people out there that maybe are not in your club, but mm-hmm. know and listen to this show and have kids in different you know situations, where do you learn that? Where do you learn the, oh, shit, shouldn't have said that. Is it from the coaching side? Is it is it is it watching other parents? I mean, that you had I, to deal with, or was it from the sideline? How yeah. did you get to that point? I,
3: I think it's the answer is can be. I can speak on it forever, right? I, I mean, I've seen examples of. You know overbearing parents i mean i've learned from my own the way my dad and, and mom handled me more so my dad than anything and you know i, I have my own i i've kind of formulated my own opinion on that um but all i want to do is be supportive of my kid and try to help him make good decisions for himself and support him in every way possible and, and just teach him the right priorities again like i wasn't a very good student academically but this one is for whatever reason my second one that's your wife yeah it it probably is (laughs) probably is i mean you guys don't know my wife was yeah she's she's got everything sorted out at least she'll tell you that um but no it's just it's hard to decipher what's right and what's wrong and and i just through my vast experience of being around the game so long i I see things every weekend right and i just try not to be what i think is wrong you know, yeah. and and definitely screwed up many many times. Well, JB, you, know, you still posted you
2: posted something today, I think, about a guy who got tased.
3: <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And yeah. an eight year old. What state was, was that? That was fake.
1: No, no, no. It was because uh, I, I didn't I didn't link the article, but it was uh, outside of Dallas. Actually, it was a youth program um, made the like uh, Plano, I think, is where it happened. What's the next <laughs>
2: state? that's going to be the Florida. And why is it
1: Texas? <laughs> On this day in America. In <laughs> oh, my gosh. T- yeah, no, I mean. The, the, that's the, the,
0: the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But go ahead. Yeah,
1: dude, got taste. I mean, think about it. <laughs> but it's getting worse. You know, it's like we we see it all the time. Actually, I should say we are seeing it less at the MLS Next Academy. You do tend to see parents that, and I've talked about this before, and I'm going to use the Chicago Fire team as the, as the example. Yeah. They are hammers. I mean, they are very, very good. And when we play them, every time we play them, you don't see, you don't hear their parents, nothing. It's it's like There's almost like one it's a, lady, though, that. Because
0: they all speak Spanish, dude. I mean, no, they don't. It's like no, a no, golf no. match. No. <laughs> oh, they,
1: I mean, they are non-existent. And the theory that I have. Unless you go to Austin. About, is, oh. is they are so smart as parents? parent. They've been around the game at the highest level, and they just
3: sit back, and I, maybe the club, maybe the yeah, club. I, th- I think a little bit is what the club implements, right, as their yeah. policies and guidelines from parents to meet here on the sideline. Absolutely. But it's also, like, we've all learned, like, again, I'll go back to, like, the coaches that are out there. now. there's so many great coaches that have experienced playing at a higher level. They understand how to teach the game. Yeah. These people are seeing – Incidents from you know parent behavior. It's not acceptable anymore. So so we try be, to curb it let's right be really I mean,
2: clear too. but one thing still there winning a Lot Keeps parents quiet. Yeah, it, so yeah. when you play a Chicago fire and you start beating them their parents start to tune in a little bit more and become a little more vocal and it's just I, I think there's so many Elements that go into it and then we went to Austin. Mm-hmm. we went to FC Austin or Austin FC they had I, I estimate there was at least 150 Austin FC parents yeah. for our U15 game. They had a, a whole setup with speakers. They played music,
1: the entire game, and not like well you were, you were kind of alluding quiet. to it early in the. Uh, chat about jersey and the immigrant population yep. and the diverse the, yep. the diversity yeah i mean that's what we're seeing in these and, oh yeah and these kids are feeding off it because the first thing yeah. beckett said to me he walked off he's like, man that music was awesome well in the <laughs> movie, we went to, when we were at
2: uh, the yeah. uh, ga cup or the uh yeah ga cup down in, in florida <clears throat> we had um the pumas from mexico yeah. they had guys with the drums the whole game and just the different cultures and i think it's so cool but I, I, in St. Louis, we've seen the not great examples of how to be a parent or be a yeah, sideline person.
3: It, I don't know how long it's going to take to ever... I don't think it's ever going to go away, no. No. unfortunately. Um, but yeah, and, and again, I'm just kind of rewinding here in our in our conversation but it's like I, I grew up with a lot of that stuff right which so i was exposed to it without having to go too far out of new jersey right right i mean you guys got to jersey. feel really fortunate that your kids are going all over this country and now getting exposed to that yeah. like how those opportunities were not there no. 25 30 years ago you know so well, people in new jersey are real calm Oh. I mean they're just <laughs> oh God. they're
2: yeah. calm it's the garden state I mean oh they're, they're just, just it's got garden parties they don't get all excited all week yeah
3: in yeah. <laughs> concrete shoes you get off the plane <laughs> when I land in Philly or Newark you get off the plane and you know you're in a different place oh yeah yeah yeah. When, Than when you get off at Lambert, right? I mean. Well,
2: what I love about St. Louis is you have people that are extremely oblivious, like the guy sitting behind us that's on his phone extremely loudly, <laughs> no fucks given.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, he just filled his belly with a bunch of these dry rub wings. <laughs> He's talking Fitton to the other guy who acts like an idiot on the exactly. sideline right now. <laughs> Well, Dan, look, we know you got to go. We know you got training tonight. We really appreciate your time, man. This is this has been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we'd love to have you back, you know, maybe uh, later in the fall, catch up, because there's plenty of stories I know that we didn't touch on. Or in Dallas. Uh, yeah. Hey, Are
3: you going to be going down? I, I will be down there. Yep, I'll be down there. So I'll, I'll be sure to see you guys, and we'll, um, we'll, we'll set something love up.
0: Good luck um, to both your boys. Um, I know Thank they're you. both hammers by all accounts, and I'm, I'm really um, – um, Looking forward to watching those kids um, get better, develop, and 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 carry on your name and uh, thanks to your awesome. wife for uh, letting you come out here early when I'm sure there was shit to have
3: done around the house. Yeah, I don't even know if she knows where I'm at. Right. <laughs> I try. I, I, I turn Life 360 off when I go to Fenton Bar and Grill. <laughs> um, go. thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you guys yeah, thanks, doing a great job. Keep it up and I look forward to seeing your boys continue to play. Thanks,
1: man. Really appreciate it. And for you listeners, give us that follow. Give us a share and um, we'll catch you next time. Later.
3: Great job, guys! You. Got-